0: On today's episode of the Southeast Super League podcast, we cover round thirteen, the final round, as well as get into our finals predictions. It's time for the Southeast Super League podcast,
1: the home of all things Super League. Hey guys, this is Mitch Creek from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. You're listening to the Southeast Super League podcast. <laughs>
0: Sponsored by Horn Industrial Welcome back to the pod. Uh, this is a special episode brought to you by Link Scott from Coronas Real Estate, One Coronas, Many Solutions. Uh, today I am joined by League Commissioner Rowan Sword and co founder Tristan Blacker. Boys, thanks. Hey, boys, how's it going? Hello, boys. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> Well, uh, we were we were blessed with that last round of basketball. There was some really uh, really tight and important games. Um, we'll get it into that in a minute. But uh, Tristan, where are you? <laughs> I'm In my new house. I'm in
2: my <laughs> new my new den. Now I'm up in. Uh, I finally made it up to Newman. Uh, for anyone that knows Western Australia well, it is in the Pilbara region. So it's about. It's in the middle of nowhere, but it's about four hours south of Port Hedland or Karatha. So, I'm up the top end of of Western Australia for the next couple of months. Do you need a passport to get in? <laughs> I felt like it. It's um, it's it's quite surreal being up here. I, I was just saying to you boys off off air that you know, like when you you travel to New South Wales or to Queensland or whatever, there's a you know there's a few kangaroos on the road here and there. I've dodged kangaroos, emus, goats, bulls, <laughs> horses, and cows—all wild, just everywhere. It's uh, it's crazy, but um, it's uh, it's. Uh, I've been here two days, and it's been pretty fun so far. So I, I can't complain.
0: You could just about start a super league up there with all those mascots.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could, and there's a there's. We're in Newman. There's a two court stadium, so stand by you too because um, we, we could be venturing out into a new
0: location <laughs> Can you mentioned the heat rule up there uh, if it's if it's above 60 degrees Celsius that's what we call it boys well it's, it's interesting you say that so
2: I'm going down next Saturday because I've, I've been messaging the um, the association up here just to get involved so I'll probably do a little bit of refing for the juniors um, because it's it's ridiculous money it's absolutely stupid but they don't start till 1 p.m. And it's like under 12s, 14s, whatnot. So, man, I can tell you it's like 30. From yeah, like, let's, like let's wait till it gets a, a bit hotter. <laughs> <laughs> so they must be all used to it up here, but I get, unless it's um, it's like Casey Stadium and it's all air I don't know. Yeah, right.
0: Rowan, what's news with you, buddy? What are you doing?
1: Uh, not too much. We had uh, the return of the footy on the weekend. So, yeah, just spent some time with the, with the family and went to the footy last night. So, yeah, all good. <laughs> Footy, how, eh? how
0: about yourself? How was your weekend? Uh good man. Uh, I was at work most of the weekend but uh you know it's good to good to finish up and and spend my Sunday night here with you boys.
2: Oh. Oi, Ro, is that jersey you're wearing in your any in your little post that you did is that new or is that an older jersey or what's that one? It's a heritage brand uh, or something.
1: No, nah, that was the uh I think it was 2006 they did like a heritage edition. I um
2: Yeah, okay.
1: I collect Melbourne jerseys. I've probably got about 30 of them. And uh, oh, I think my little fella was wearing the um, 2001 uh, preseason jersey, and that was, uh, yeah. yeah, that was a pretty cool jersey.
0: Well, I hope they mean something to you, mate, because they're probably worth jack shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very, I'm very content, and very happy with the little collection, and uh, yeah, my wife doesn't approve.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> Boys, let's talk some basketball. Uh, it was the last round of the season. We did have a few buys on this round, but uh, this was a pretty important round for a lot of teams, and we did have some really close action. Uh, starting off with a really good game in the uh, in the Monday night uh, conference, and it was the Hampton Park Blazers going down by just two points to the Pakenham Upper Unicorns, 77-79. to 79.
1: Yes, this, uh, this was an absolute shootout. And for anyone that's been blaming the balls or complaining about the rings, um, obviously there's nothing wrong with the balls or the rings because we've just dropped about 160 points in 40 minutes of basketball. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, a real a real shootout. I don't reckon the Blazers would have got close to that um, at all this season. But that is a that is an incredible score, um, and and obviously the. The packing them up, of unicorns just doing enough to get over the line. But uh, how did you see this game? You know, going down the stretch. Well, I was
2: um, I was pretty excited for the uh, Hampton Park Blazers. Like, if you look at those stats, they shot the ball at just under forty seven percent overall. They just didn't get enough shots up. Uh, they shot the absolute piss out of it. All their players. It was uh, it was a, a phenomenal game. But the uh, the unicorns just got there in the end.
1: Yeah, that 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 obviously is the real difference. The uh, unicorns have had fifty five rebounds to the Blazers' thirty nine, so you've got sixteen extra opportunities straight up, and that's probably credit to um the Trent Castle effect. He's had uh twenty two rebounds again, so um, huge game for him, and um obviously the boys are uh, the unicorns are a little bit too good inside.
0: Uh, well, if you if you look at the the Blazers' stats, you had uh, you had four guys in double figures. You had Adam Grimison. Uh, with 12, you had Corey Nagel with 24 points, six boards. You had Leah McDonald with 20. Uh, that's the second time he's done that this season and five rebounds. Uh, Pete Kennedy had a double-double with uh, 12 points and 11 assists, five boards, and Matt Waitley uh, chipping in five points and a few rebounds as well. So pretty, pretty decent spread. You, there's not too many games you'd lose with that sort of scoreline.
1: No, awesome. Awesome. And it's, uh, it's been obviously a long time coming that the the Blazers have all contributed at one time with sort of set all season. Grimo's got a good team. He's got good scoring potential. And, um, obviously it came together, but it came at the wrong time because the, uh, the unicorns also were uh, shooting unbelievably well. Um, and a big shout out to Josh Philjack. I think he had like 17 points in the first quarter and, um, I'm not sure why he was dragged. Obviously, it was part of the rotation, but he, he had the hot hand and he got the unicorns off to an amazing start.
0: Well, he's finished the game with 25 and 7. Uh, Trent, as you mentioned before, 28 points, 22 rebounds. Uh, really, really good performance from him. Uh, Jake Sutherland, 12 points, 9 boards. Curtis Wheeler with 9 points. AJ Scott chipped in a 3 and Jack Morris-Burney uh, just with the 2 points and 13 rebounds.
1: Yeah, again, very a well-rounded um, performance from from the unicorns as well. Um, we've got, four, as you said, four guys from the Blazers, but you've got three guys and, um, and and Curtis obviously with nine points. So you've got four guys with nine plus from the unicorns as well. So very um, very strong shooting night from both teams.
0: Now both both these teams uh, just miss out on finals. But um, what do you what do you take out of the season for for say the the Blazers? Um, they they only manage the one win um, Are you sort of looking at that team and going they're better than that or or what's, uh, what's yeah, the what's yeah. the deal for them?
1: Yeah, they they've um You know cause I think if they've underachieved um, they're, they're they're better on paper than what than one win um,
0: The Blazers
1: that, sorry the Blazers. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're much better than that um, You know guys like Corey Nagel, Liam McDonald Grimo and I think um, you know, Pete Kennedy He's had an amazing game in this one with twelve and eleven, but um, on paper, that they're, they're a really, really solid team. Um, so I think it's you know Grumo takes a lot of learnings from it. He'll he'll rebuild and have another crack next season. But um, yeah, overall, it's a disappointing season for the Blazers. However, um, they've stuck at it. They have finished the season well. It's one of they provided one of the best games of the season. But a seventy seven seventy nine shootout. If you're going to finish the season, it's not a bad way to go.
0: Yeah. As far as the Unicorns go, I think um, if you look at their team on paper, you sort of look at that, um, I compare this to like that Lakers team back in the day where they had Kobe, they had Shaq, they had Karl Malone, they had, uh, I think they had <laughs> Gary Payton. They had like, they had everyone and, uh, and they weren't able to get it done. But this, this is an extremely talented roster and um, it was just a, it was a unique thing to see that it sort of didn't gel uh, in a lot of these games.
1: I think um, if you look at percentage on paper, if you look at the percentage of the Unicorns, they ended up with a, a very solid percentage. Um, mm-hmm. They had a couple of good wins throughout the season, but they were also on, the, um, they're also on the wrong side of a lot of close losses. And as we know, with an 11-game season, if you drop three or four close games, um, you don't give yourself much opportunity to play finals. And um, I, I agree. I think this is probably the most talented team that we've, Probably had in Super League since I've been in part of the league that that hasn't made finals um, Curtis would be fully aware of that Curtis knows that they've um, Dropped a couple games that they probably should have won um, But I, I really rate um, Curtis's ability to put together great teams and yeah, um, yeah, I think um, It's just one of those unfortunate situations lose a couple close games and um, and you just miss out. It's a, it's a tough league
0: sure is uh, all right, lads, the, the next game of the night was the Cadinia Crocs uh getting up in a thriller against the Kui Up Koalas sixty-eight to sixty-two. Um this this game was was neck and neck for a lot of the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um did Tr- Tristan do you have an opportunity to watch this on the screen?
2: Yeah, I uh, I watched most of them uh since I've been away, mate. And this game was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it was it was played in in pretty good spirit as well and you know you look at the Crocs they uh, they shot the ball at over 49% overall which is fantastic and the the Koalas weren't far behind they were they shot the ball at 38% uh, and it was it was two and throw for for, for majority of the game and, and it come down to Cole Nagel um, and Cooper Lanting you know, two guys that are up thereabouts for for MVP, just going head to head. Both of them had um, thirty-four points. One had six rebounds. One had nine and a handful of assists each. It was uh, it was pretty cool to to sit back and watch those two point guards go at it.
1: Yeah, definitely um, two two very strong candidates for uh, for the MVP this season, and um, and potentially it comes down to the last game of the season and. Maybe whoever gets the three votes, two votes in this game, could be the the person who takes away the title.
0: I think the the Crocs are certainly, um, you know, the MVP could definitely come from the Crocs if you if you're starting to look at their season. They were quite achievers uh, throughout because they dropped their first few games and they've just been solid ever since.
1: I think you know it's kind of similar to to the AFL. I guess now that we're doing the three, two, one votes for the MVP count and. You kind of, um, you need your, your MVP is more likely to come from a successful team and both of these teams have been uh, very successful and uh, And this game, the result was kind of irrelevant, however, it still had um, effect on the seedings for the finals placings, um, but obviously it's very important for the MVP count for, for those two people, Nagel and, uh, and Lanting.
0: For it's, the, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Tristan, I cut you off. No,
2: I, I was just gonna say it's pretty scary, isn't it, like when you when you look at the Crocs, they um, they shot the field goal. Uh, their field goal percentage was fifty four percent overall, uh, and their three point percentage was forty percent overall, giving them you know forty nine percent. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, you know they they have just shot the absolute piss out of it. Uh, they've put an all round team. You know, through that yeah, you know, that one guard all the way through to the five man. Uh, they got, these guys, like you said, they could be really challenging to to win at all.
1: I think, like, that's that's a massive credit to Stowey. He's, um, you know, he's he's got his guys taking good shots, and also obviously Kyle distributing the ball and taking good shots and getting the ball to guys in good places. So credit to Stowey and Nagel on that one because I think that they've got that team very well organized and. Um, you know, to have a guy like Joel Donnelly as your second scorer, it's a uh, it's a very very strong team.
0: Just to touch on the stats before we move on, it was yeah, like we said, we already spoke about Kyle, Joel Donnelly, fifteen points, three rebounds. Uh, Jaden O'Brien uh, with seven points, ten boards. Dan Stowe six points, six boards. Uh, JT with four points, four boards, and Sean Sirakowski two points, four rebounds. Um, yeah, really good spread from those guys. If you look at the Koalas, um, you, you had two guys in double figures also. That was uh, Cooper Lanting, who we touched on with 34. Cooper Rice uh, was the other one with 11 points, nine boards. Uh, then we had Jordan White and Mitch Gray, both with six apiece. Uh, Jake Tuplin with just the three this week and Riley Lanting with two. Uh, Jack Basharan um, only put the one shot up, but was, was yet to get on the scoreboard.
1: Yeah, I think the um, the koalas. Um, obviously, it's disappointing to lose, but as I said to them, well, as as I said earlier, it's it's kind of an irrelevant result now. They've they 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 already did all the hard work and they've qualified for finals, so they just got to um turn it up a notch coming into finals and um and move forward. And I think um well, hope, hopefully they don't bounce back because we're <laughs> they're playing against my boys tomorrow night. But um, <laughs> they've got all the tools in the shed uh, to perform well. And um yeah, if I was Mitch. I wouldn't I wouldn't be too worried about his boys
0: definitely definitely uh, the season in review for these boys uh, we spoke about the crocs already they've they've really sort of started off slow turned their season around and are charging home at, at just the right time uh, the koala has been solid all season um you know both as you mentioned both teams playing finals um, the queer up koalas are, are probably in my opinion the favorite to to come out of the Monday night too so um, I think credit to to both of these guys. They've 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 done really well.
1: Yeah, I think um you look at as I said to uh I said about the Crocs site, I think Stowie's done a good team. He's got done a good job with his team. He's got a, a really a smart group of guys that are taking good shots. But I, I think with the koalas, Mitch has picked a better team than what he did last season. I think last season he had um a very strong focal point and this season he's got um he's got a, a better collective of of role players and as I said he's got all the tools in the shed. He's got guys that can pop off and have 10, 15, 20 points, guys like Jordy White that can um, break a game open. Um and obviously Cooper Rice double-double threat on the night. They're they're a very deep team. So credit to um to Mitch what he's done with his team this season and um yeah, they've won 7 and four, and he, he's had a great great season. Tristan, the last game of the
0: night. Marino Matadors going down by 10 to the Coraline Camels, uh, 44 to 54. Um, going down by 10 against arguably one of the, the league's hottest teams. Look,
2: I'd just like to, uh, before we get into it, I'd just like to say, DT, that it's in fact the third game of the night, but that's okay. We move on. We digress. Um <laughs> I don't even yeah. know what I
0: said to be honest.
2: That <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. You said it was the last game, but um, we can, we can move past that mistake you made. Um, no, look, we, no, look, we went down. We'll we'll we, were, uh, we were heavily undermanned, and by that I mean I wasn't there. But we just we just didn't, we shot poorly. We shot poorly yet again. Twenty nine percent overall. We had an extra couple of scoring shots than. Than the, uh, than the camels, and, and that's kind of been our story all season just underutilizing, um, under-utilizing the ball by you know poor shot selections essentially. Um, but in saying that, coming up against the camels, they're a side that have they just get out, they defend really hard, they rebound really hard, they only get out and run in trans. So, and, and that was a the difference. They shot the ball at 42 percent, uh, they had some. Some very good players and, you know, they're they're uh, running the floor yet again like he has done all season in Mick Stewart having 17 and and 11 um, and and Craig Walker as well having probably one of his standout games with 17 points. So credit where credit's due, they're one of the better sides. But for for, for my boys, we just, yeah, like I said, just didn't shoot the ball very well.
0: I know we were talking off air about this, Tristan, but um – I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this on air, but do you really chalk this loss up to to Ben Rhodes? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why? What, what did Rhodes do?
0: No, oh, th- th- I heard you talking with Rhodes off air before we got on. But um... <laughs>
2: <laughs> look, I um, I would pick any other player to talk shit about. There is one player that I wouldn't, and that is Ben Rhodes. <laughs> For a number of reasons. One, I adore him. And two, he's <laughs> built like a fucking brick shit house. So, no, no, Rosie was quiet, but um, definitely wasn't wasn't the reason that we lost.
0: Oh, well, can't can't stand by your comments. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Lee Belton, 10 points. Matt Darcy, 12 points, two rebounds. Mike Snyders with 12 points, eight boards. Uh, you had Woody with four and five. Uh, Liam Black with three and eight uh, and a handful of steals as well. And Benny Rhodes with the three and four. Uh, for the Camels, uh, you did you did talk about this already, but Mike Stewart 17-11. Um, Craig Walker with 17 in a in a cracker game for him. Morseman was double figures, rebounding. Jake Connor five and six, Josh Lanting with five points, and the Badger with nine and eight uh, and six assists to go with. Um, this is a, a good um, a good springboard for the for the camels coming into finals, don't you think?
1: Yeah, the um, you know, Tristan was obviously saying oh, we didn't shoot well. They we only shot at twenty nine percent, but it's a credit to the camels' defense. Guys like Mike Stewart and uh, Jake Connor and Dave Morsman that are protecting the paint. It makes it extremely difficult to shoot well. Um, obviously that they've got arms and legs everywhere, and they've got the length, and um, they can test every shot. So, um. Credit to um, credit to the defense, and, and and you know we talk about the size, but you've also got guys like Craig Walker and, and and Shane Badger, very quick with their hands, and probably both averaging two or three steals a game as well. So, um, the Camels play a really uh, good uh, defensive transition style type of game. They they sort of back their bigs to pull in boards, and they leak out the back, um, and they they do get transition points. They pass the ball up the floor. They run the lanes really hard. Um, so yeah, good tune up game for the Camels. But um, I think the uh, the Matadors should be pretty proud of their efforts there. They're, they've gone down by just a few baskets against the, a team that could potentially win the Monday Night Conference.
0: Season in review, Tristan. You want to take it away for your Matadors?
2: Um, just missing key guys at at key times and just not shooting the ball
0: as well as the team probably could have. Yeah, oh, I don't disagree with that. You guys had um. A lot of nights where, you know, had, had you had maybe one one more guy sort of lighting up, um, you probably could have chalked up a few more wins, I think. Yep. For the Camels. <laughs> For the Camels, uh, we, we just spoke about how good they've been uh, pretty well all season long. I think they might have started off a little bit rocky as well, but um, they've, they've really sort of nailed their identity as a team, uh, and that is... Sort of focused around the the duo of Shane Badger and Mike Stewart. Those guys work really well together.
1: Possibly, do we think it's maybe the the, the best one-two combo in the league? Yeah. No,
0: no. <laughs> uh,
2: give it, uh, give it the wrong. With, uh, who are you throwing up against them? No, no, I, 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 I'm joking. I haven't had a chance to uh, to have a bit of a think about it, but they're definitely up there. But I like that um, I like that as a potential post during the week, a bit of a, a one-two combo, the best duo from each team. I reckon we could probably put something together, Rose, so you're definitely on to something. Um, but th- those two guys would definitely be up there for sure. I think,
1: um, obviously, early in the season, I think we're we'll saying Shane Badger could be MVP and then, probably halfway through the season, we're like maybe Mike Stewart's MVP. Um, I think Lockie just nailed it with his first two picks. He's built, you know, he's got a terrific point guard and, and one of the league's best centers as well. So he's uh, he's done an outstanding job.
0: Agree with that wholeheartedly. So Tristan, moving on to the final game of the night. It yep. was the Baronia Bloodhounds 71 uh, pasting the Warrigal Chargers' Thirty-seven, uh, Rowan, you were there for this game. Tell me yeah. about.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I was uh, I was definitely there, and obviously didn't play again, unfortunately. But um, the uh the boys um this, the the boys did extremely well. I thought the charges came out. Uh, the first half was um was very close, and we had to be very patient with our systems and stay state to what's been working with us because um early on. Um, the Chargers were making some nice shots and and definitely challenging as Bailey Beck was on fire early I think Kerry hit one and um, they'll just Mason Lee was having a game he sort of um, operates out of that high post and sort of steps into these mid-range shots and um, he went sort of unchallenged and we um, we, we tried to match him man-on-man and it wasn't working we we made that defensive adjustment we went back to a zone um, but yeah credit to the Chargers they were they were definitely honors and we just ran out of legs in that in that second half
0: what do did you team? do to dill jenkinson
1: <laughs> yeah so he's gone zero and zero from 12 and i'm not sure if um if he's uh he's he's had a donut this season scoring um but he's done obviously a lot of other things extremely well he's had three three steals two blocks uh 16 rebounds and i can't see his assist he's probably had half a dozen assists as well so Still was still contributing to his team and um and and he played a really good game without scoring.
0: Yep,
2: Tristan. Did you, did you guys just defend really, really well? Like, what, it, what would was it? Was it from a, was it an offensive game for you guys or was it very much a defensive game for you guys? No, nah, the, the game the game changed
1: when our defense changed. We um we started off in man and it, it wasn't working for us, and it changed from. When we went to a two-three zone, and we sort of got a few breakaway points, and um, obviously um, guys like Dill struggled to get through through the zone, and um, Bailey, you know, Bailey Beck's had a hot hand for a few weeks now, and um, lucky for us, we, we we were able to challenge all these shots. And I think he still ended up with 14 points, but um, every every point that, so every shot that he took, I, I was I was quite satisfied that our boys defended really well.
2: Here's a stat for you, DT. I don't know if I've seen this in Super League. The Chargers, well, the Chargers and the Bloodhounds both put up uh, 67 shots. The Chargers put up 67 shots. Nine of them were from the field. They put up 58 shots from three. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. They, um,
0: wow.
1: Yeah, I think that's like, credit to our, our, our defense, especially paint defense. Um, and that was probably the charges' downfall for this season: is that they didn't have a an inside guy, a, a back to the back to the um, back to the basket post type player. I guess that's yep. um, that was the missing piece for them this season. And um, obviously, it was their last game of the season as well. So they definitely uh, threw it up and had a crack.
0: This was. Uh- one of the teams that everyone was talking about just after draft night as, as being, you know, perhaps a, a contender for the whole lot. It's, it's just funny how, you know, there was a number of teams that we were talking like that about. Um, and, you know, we, we're now talking finals and those, uh, there's a lot of those teams that aren't there.
1: Yeah. It's, it's amazing what you can put on paper and then what sort of comes out in the court and then what you do together. You know, the season only goes for three, four months with the, with the preseason. Um, you know, so you get about 15, 16 weeks with your team and it's amazing what can develop in, in, the, in that period of time. Um, so yeah, you can have an amazing team on paper and sometimes it just doesn't work out. And, um, you know, I, I feel sometimes, yeah, it just, it's, it's a bit of luck, but it's also a lot of strategy, I guess, in terms of, uh, getting your combinations right and your role players correct as well.
0: Let's uh, let's quickly run through the stats. But uh, yeah, like you said, Bailey back 14 points, three rebounds. Deal with the donut. Uh, Blake wasn't able to get on the board either. Kerry Ashford hit a three. Uh, Mason Lee had 18 points, four boards. Nathan and And with uh, with two points and three boards as well. Uh, for the Bloodhounds, it was mainly Kurt Lazaro with 32 and five, um, having a having a really standout game, uh, just at the right time for you boys and um, Josh Saunders continuing hit his hot form, three threes, thirteen and seven. Jamie McNeil eleven and fifteen, um, and a handful of assists. James Armstrong nine and five. Um, Hayden Byron with six points, nineteen rebounds, terrific value there. Uh, and Shannon wasn't able to get on the board, but he had uh, he had five rebounds.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, you know, Hayden was amazing. 19 rebounds, and sometimes, as you know, that the ball bounces your way or it doesn't bounce your way, and sometimes it's credit to the team around you as well, boxing out, and um, you know, we were super impressed with Hayden's work, and hopefully, he brings that form into the finals with us, and everyone else just played their role, and um, yeah, Kurt seven trays and I think five of them sort of came in that last quarter. He caught it's caught stuck. fire late in the game, and and um, yeah, awesome to see Kurt at his, at his best.
0: Well, we spoke about the charges just a minute ago. What about the the bloodhounds, mate? The bloodhounds have have sort of just quietly been setting the benchmark for the rest of the league the whole season.
1: I've um, <laughs> I've been uh pretty yeah pretty quiet about about my boys on the podcast. I've um just let things tick away, but I think um yeah credit credit where it's due. They've done an amazing job. That the Kurt Lazaro trade was obviously um very beneficial to us. Um, got as another a, another guy that can bring other guys into the game and um, as Kurt's just got better as the season's gone on and uh, and every game we've sort of built together as a, as a unit and understood role players and understood that um, we've got uh, multiple options and, and, and everyone can be a game winner at any time and uh, yeah, I'm just super proud of the way the boys have united and um, enjoy playing with each other.
0: Alright lads, that pretty much uh, wraps up the Monday night conference. We're going to take a quick break uh, and then we'll get back into our our team of the week and and the Tuesday night games.
2: Horn Industrial Coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings. Whether it's a factory floor, showroom, garage or outdoor basketball court, Horn Industrial Coatings will have you covered. Their products are designed to be hard-wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au. All
0: right, fellas, we are back. Uh, We're going to jump into some Tuesday night action, but before we do... Uh, we did have uh, some standout performances um, with guys making Team of the Week. Ro, take us through our Team of the Week. The
1: Team of the Week, Round 13. Uh, to close out the season, we had Eastern Conference Player of the Week, Jeff Reed from the Bulldogs. Uh, he'll, he'll line up at the small forward. We've got South Player of the Week, Kyle Nagel, lining up, I'd say, as the shooting guard or point guard because we've got Kurt Lazaro also in there. Ash Beck from the Ducks and Trent Castledine, both those guys have been uh, board monsters this season and probably averaged about twenty or eighteen rebounds each. Uh, to round out the team, we've got Seth Horn, who's uh, who's been amazing also, and uh, and Brad Starkey.
0: There you have it, uh, some some real standouts there. Actually, that's a that's a heck of a team. You wouldn't want to run into that. Into that, that's probably one of the um, the better team of the weeks, so I think, in uh, in my opinion. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I think we um, we discussed this probably about four or five weeks ago. About
0: I probably analyze... say that I say that every week probably. But
1: yeah, but analyzing each each team of the week and thinking what what would be the strongest team of the week that we've had so far. And um, yeah, this one's definitely up there
0: with the best. We should do a team of the week of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think maybe we could have a look at sort of point out the best four teams and then putting a poll out <laughs> to the people and having a look at that. That'd be really cool. That could be fun. There you go.
0: You heard it here first. Here it comes. <laughs> All right. The first, the first game of the night was was probably my favourite game uh, of of this round and possibly of this season. It was a an absolute cracker of a game. Uh, it was the Danny Ducks getting up by just three points on the and Dragons, and this game was never in control for either team. It was just back and forth, back and forth.
1: Tristan, do you are. Uh- did you? Were you able to watch this one as well?
2: Yeah. So I watched this until probably I don't know two minutes to go. I don't know if it was an issue at my end. <laughs> this game's too good.
0: I've got to turn it off. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I just can't watch. I um. I don't know if it was at my end or at, at Super League's end, but um. Yeah. It went the the live stream went a little bit funny, and I missed out on on seeing the last
0: few minutes. Really, really entertaining uh, fourth quarter and finish to the game. Uh, it ended up with with free throws putting the Dandy Ducks up, but um, but also you know clutch shots on on both ends. Uh, Ash Beck hit a hit a massive three. You had Benji Coco with multiple big threes. You had Ploz with a go ahead bucket with just seconds to go. Um, the game had everything. It was uh, it's well worth a watch if. Um, if you haven't already, um, and it was, yeah, I don't know, just probably my favourite game of the season, like I said.
1: It's it's good. Like, I sort of look back, sat, sat back on Monday night, watching the Monday night teams, and I thought, man, the standard of this league is really good. We've got so many talented players, and as the season develops, the teams get better as teams, and um, and these games towards the end of the season, I feel, have been amazing to watch. And um, what I love about the Ducks team this season is Jono's, Drafted a really well-rounded team. Obviously, Ashbeck puts his hand up to be potentially a steal of the draft, but um, you know, different guys like Katusiak and um, Joey Nativo, and um, you know, Trent put their hand up every single week. There's there's so many different guys in that team, and obviously, hence why they've uh, qualified for finals. And this uh, this game was not only uh, as exciting as what it was what is what it was, it also had uh, significant consequences for the Dragons as well, didn't it?
0: It did, yeah. The Dragons needed to win, I think, by four points or more, um, and and they were sort of on track to do that. They, they were definitely on track to win the game, but um, it, yeah, some some late game heroics, like we said, from Ash Beck, and um, you know, a couple of lucky lucky calls went the the, de- the Ducks' way, mm. but um, it was just such a back and forth game that it was it was never never in one team's hands for more than a couple of minutes. And um, Matt Bray and I, we commented uh, throughout the game on the momentum shift, um, and it changed yep. sort of with with each quarter. Um, you know, early on in this game, the Dragons did such a great job of, of limiting uh, points in the paint. Nash Beck was really having a hard time, I felt, in the first half. Um, yeah. Second half, you know, he sort of figured out that, what what he needed to do was get out and transition before the defense was set and he did such a great job of it. Uh, yeah, f- I
1: mean Ash is you know, he's probably a power he's a traditional sort of power forward type, but um pretty undersized compared to your Andy Patanias and your Luke Lucas Posers. Um so he does an, an amazing job battling away inside and um and competing with those guys.
0: Yeah, well the the damage was for him, he's twenty twenty-five points, nine boards. Uh, was predominantly done in transition and in the second yep. half. Um, you had Alex Katusiak with nine. You had Joey with nine. Um, you also had Trent Reford with seven and ten um, and a few steals there for him as well. You had Jono with six points, a couple of big threes from him. Um, Lucas Armstrong with one. Luis Munoz uh, didn't reach the scoreboard, but... Um, just a, yeah, ripping performance from those guys. For the for the Dragons, um, they had three guys in double figures. That was Andy Printani with uh, with 14 and 7. Benji Coco hit five threes um, and was just electrifying, I, I feel, in the perhaps second and third quarter. Maybe it was the first and second. Yeah. Um, James Flannery, 14, 5 and five assists. Uh, Brad Clough probably had... Arguably his best game of the season. He had seven points, a couple of and ones, a couple of really big plays down the stretch. Um, and Lucas Plaza with four and nine. And, and like we mentioned, the go-ahead bucket late in that game. So um, I think if you're the Dragons, it's hard to walk away disappointed because they they just played such a great game.
1: I think um, obviously the, um, my um, Aaron Miles not being there as well is probably a pretty significant loss for the Dragons. Um, and could have been the difference in this game. Dragons obviously just having the five players. It's um it's hard to play a full forty minutes at that at that standard.
0: I think the, the five they had though were were of high calibre and um and did such a great job. You know, Flanners was able to get some momentum and, and really looked like yep. the Flanners of old. Um like we said, Brad had his best game and, and Andy Prince sort of was a, a slow burner throughout. He didn't even get to ten shots and had his fourteen points. So
1: Yeah. And I think guys like Benji Coco, like <clears throat> taken, I think maybe as a as a fourth rounder, um, and and probably five or six times this season, he's he's just dropped four or five trades in one quarter and blown open a game. I think Benji's had a great season this year and um, yeah, just showed the league that he's such a uh, an amazing shooter.
0: Yeah, one of one of the best we've got. Um, so for the for the ducks, obviously they go on to to play finals. Um Probably one of the teams that have, have done really well from start to finish in this season uh, and no real surprise uh, as they play finals. Um, for the Dragons, yeah, a little bit of what um, what could have been. They were, they were definitely contending for one of those spots and um, they showed some, some flashes of absolute brilliance during that season. And uh, they obviously had Cal Shave go down in the season as well. Um, I think if you were playing finals, the Dragons are definitely a team you don't want to come up against.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think um, there's a lot of teams in that Eastern. Well, every team that qualified for the Eastern Conference would be quite um, quite happy that the Dragons didn't make it because I think they um, definitely had the squad to um, potentially win the, um, win the conference.
0: Yep. Uh, next game of the night, lads. It was the Philly Island Penguins uh, giving the Lakeside Vikings an absolute shellacking uh, 29 points. 65 to 36 uh in a game that the the lakeside Vikings were missing um probably one of their their star performers but um yeah geez did they get touched up
1: yeah I think um you know it was, this game was probably an irrelevant game for both of these teams like they kind of both knew where they were going to finish on the ladder yeah uh, so penguins knew they had top spots sewn up and I think the Vikings are either going to finish second or third, no matter what. So, um, just a shootout for these teams, I think, and getting up down the floor. And um, obviously, um, what the most surprising thing when you look at the score box is that the the Vikings have had ten more shots, but then lost by thirty. Um, so, I think that's concerning that you you know you've shot at twenty one percent because they've got better shooters than that in that team, and um, you know that. The Penguins, um, you know, they'll, they'll take a lot of confidence out of beating a team by 30, but I definitely don't think there's a 30-point difference between these two teams.
0: 100% agree with that. Um, the Vikings shot just 70, <clears throat> 16.5% from three uh, and 20% overall. So, yeah, tough, tough night shooting the basketball for those guys and just one guy in double figures, which was Luke Thomas.
1: Luke Thomas, amazing season as well. I think he sort of <clears throat> drops that sort of. 12 13 14 points every week and um, and he seems to hit big threes at uh, Important times in the game. So he's not afraid to shoot. He knows his role in the team And um, I think Luke Thomas has been a big player and a big reason why the uh, the Vikings have been successful this season
0: Yep, just to round out the stats for the vikings you had jared marshall, uh with eight points four boards uh mark surtees 5.7 boards uh, Matt Russo with the the six boards. You had Mike Godfrey with just three points, 12 boards. And Trav Blackney, seven points, three rebounds. So, um, yeah, a bit of a rough one if you're the Vikings. Maybe maybe you come into that game with no pressure, just get up and down, have a bit of fun. Um, it's hard to sort of really know what they were thinking. But, um, yep. yeah. Yeah. With the, with the Penguins, you had uh, multiple guys in double figures. They they played the game with just the five. Uh, by the look of it, they had Starkey with 22 and 19. Craig Eagleton with uh, 11 and 5. Dill Jack with 24 and 8. Jamie Franklin with eight points. And Link Scott, surprisingly, uh, didn't get on the scoreboard but had six rebounds.
1: I think, you know, we say this every week about Link. He's, he's always about the team and making the team better he takes the shots when it's there to be taken but he's also a guy that's happy to kick back and watch other people uh relish in success and um you know we spoke about with thomas just then but i think a guy like dill jack has been the reason why the penguins have been so successful as well and um you know guys like link scott and chris eagleton they're uh, amazing players amazing guards and they're just all those three of them eagleton jack and scott they're all happy to Work together and let let each other shine, and uh, they've all had their moments throughout the season. And um, the last couple of weeks, still Jack's been incredible.
0: I don't know why, but I read out Craig Eagleton, so I'm sorry, buddy, uh, Chris. Chris, <laughs> it's definitely Chris. I don't know don't know where I was at with that one, but uh, yeah, for the for the Vikings, like like we said, that we know they're playing finals. They've, they've been a pretty consistent performer all season. Uh, they've been the team that I've probably talked about the most as as being the deepest team and. Uh, having a lot of potential to go deep into finals so um, I think you know seeing them finish second third's no surprise for me Uh, for the Penguins they've finished uh, top spot so um, I think no real surprise either they've been a terrific performer all season Um, there's definitely not a not a bunch of guys um, in the league that want to win more than them so yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. No, no surprise. They finish first and, and go into the finals as hot favorites
1: now They went um They went 10 and 1. Do we remember what team they
2: they lost to?
0: <laughs>
2: I have no idea. It was at the start of the season wasn't it?
0: I think it was early ish
2: is, is it the first game of the season? Could have, yeah,
0: been. Might have been I think it might
1: Hang have on. Been. they had a quiet or something and then they let's have a quick quick peek
0: yeah, man. they lost to the
1: Vikings by five points. Um, oh, there you go. 29th of November, so their first hit out of the season, they've um, they went down to the Vikings.
0: Haven't looked back since, So they're yeah, they're on the trot. They're uh, they're doing very well.
2: Do they get beaten? Well, I, or do I they win it all? I, I don't uh, know. Honestly, I'm, give me a prediction. <laughs>
1: uh man, I said it about Starkey's team last season, so I don't want to i don't want to say it again because my team's involved but um i think the uh i think the Penguins are well placed to be very success- successful
0: okay
2: yeah. all right what do you guys what do
1: you what do you guys say Tristan
2: i don't know it's it's too hard like if you go off if you go off the last month you're in the finals and you go off the last month and you go off you know teams that play at both ends of the floor um it's got to be the uh it's got to be the penguins and then either the bloodhounds or crocs
1: yeah croc i mean crocs have um i think they won six of their last seven or seven of their last eight actually so the crocs are definitely an informed team um and, yeah, the, the Penguins have obviously had blowout
0: games in their last couple of months as well. You've just named three of the eight finalists, by the way, Tristan. So. Well I know. <laughs> it, it's definitely going to be one of those eight teams. That's for sure. <laughs> it's better than naming a team that didn't make finals.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think um, it's, it's definitely not going to be the Blazers, is it?
2: I'm going to put my money on the Dragons. <laughs>
0: Ah. Uh, all right, fellas, the uh the last game of the night it was the Bayside Reapers uh and the Emerald Bears in a They're wow. and- <laughs> taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right, ladies and gentlemen, we we're gonna move on to our third game of the evening. It was the Bayside <laughs> Reapers sixty five, absolutely belting the Emerald Bears thirty seven. So
1: we just obviously talked about um, teams that could maybe challenge the um, you know challenge the Penguins and teams that contend. Um, Dale, you've just put yourself into finals. You've put yourself into fourth spot with this um, massive win.
0: Yeah. Look, I mean, I think the the Bears came out um, pretty short handed, and uh, we needed to, you know, our our fate wasn't set yet, so we we definitely needed to. Um, to keep our foot on the on the accelerator pedal. So, um, although we had a lead, we sort of just had, sort of had to make sure that we um, we didn't surrender any easy points. And um, you know, the the bears, even though they were shorthanded, they they um, they had a fair amount of looks. So, it was definitely um, definitely credit to our defence for minimising the impact they had on the scoreboard.
1: Yeah, it's, it's I think a similar um, sort of scoreline to what we just saw with the. Um the, the earlier game, we've had the, the Bears that have taken 10 more shots but found a way to lose by 28. So, um, yeah, you guys shot at 49%. That's amazing shooting.
0: Yeah, look, I, a lot of this was was transition points. So yep. um, I'd like to think that if you're going to shoot layups, you, you make most of them. So um, a lot of this was, you know, Seth and and uh, Jaden O'Neill, Eli Evans sort of getting out on, on fast breaks for us and um, – that was sort of where the game was won and lost, really.
1: Seth's been doing it all season, uh, DT. He's sort of um, had probably 20, 23 points a game uh, as he's averaged this season, out would guess, um, And he's probably shot at 60% for the whole season as well. And Obviously, half of those points are in transition, but that, that's coming from his good defense.
0: Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's great at turning the ball over. He did that in this game and... Um, yeah, just a just a terrific all-round player and and take smart shots like it's not um it's not common for a young player to take smart smart shots so yeah uh, I think I think it's a credit to him and um a credit to his parents to be honest so um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> i i I back you on that in regards to jess not I, wasn't the tr- I wasn't
0: trying to be funny <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I just yeah no i i I think jess is Definitely, where he gets his smarts.
1: Well, look look at it. In uh, in Dean's defense, Dean's also shot at sixty seven percent. So your best two, uh, your best two shooters on the night, DT with the Horn Boys.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, IQ uh, for the for the Bears. Uh, they were without Leon in this game, and um, you know they probably really could have used his uh, his shooting. But um,
2: he was there, right? He he was at the game.
0: He was there, but he didn't partake in the game.
2: What was his what was his excuse? Did he do another patella or
0: something? <laughs> he didn't have any Nutella, mate. <laughs> he um he, he pulled up sore. He um I think he yeah, was okay. he was stretching in the shower the other night and slipped and I think it um I think it pulled up pretty sore from that. So he uh, he had the game off. But um yeah, it was it was a tough night for the Bears. No one no one could really get into their shot going. Jimmy and and Peggy both finished with nine. Um, you had Dill with eight. I thought Dill played a terrific game. One of his better games for the season. Yeah. Um, every time we went near him, he scored. So we just yep. we made a habit of getting away from him. Uh, Greg with four point seven boards. Uh, Jay Rich with three and thirteen. Um, and then James Mitama. I thought he he played a terrific game as well. He had four point seven boards, but. Um, yeah, you know, his impact on the game was, was high.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The um the Bears is, you know, to, to sort of go through where they've finished up with obviously been disappointing, but uh Greg's team's sort of been a little bit cursed this season. He's had a few significant injuries and uh, getting guys on the park at the right time and missing key players at important games definitely set them back. So um they're a great team and um, obviously up against it all season with those um those hiccups.
0: It, we probably should have thrown the blazers in that boat too like they were uh sorry the bulls i beg your pardon who we yep. who we haven't spoken about yet but um the bulls have been sort of without players for a lot of the season as well and um there's been a couple of really unlucky teams this season in terms of injury
1: yeah and you know you've got 18 teams in the league and obviously nine in your conference and you're only taking four <laughs> out of nine so any any little bit of bad luck or a couple close losses and yet yeah, it's, it's going to be really hard to make it
0: yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you drop a few games, and that's uh, your backs up against the wall. So, so Tristan, the last game of the night, we'll try it again. Uh, was I don't the... know. Do,
1: do we um do we go through your your stats? Do we talk about?
0: Oh yeah, we can. Yeah, sorry, I beg your pardon.
1: <laughs> Matt Bray, uh, fifteen rebounds, eight points. Um, Jaden O'Neill, seven points, a couple of rebounds. Um, Eli Evans. Uh, steals as normal. I'm sure he had a a good defensive night. 5 rebounds, 2 steals, 5 re uh sorry, 5 rebounds, 5 points and 2 steals. Yep. Dean Horn, 9 rebounds would have been awesome inside for you guys. And um and and David Wang, 3 and 6, and yourself DT 14 points, 3 rebounds, steal and a block. Uh shooting at 50
0: 50%. Yeah, look it's um it's going to be good if if we can get a few more guys into double figures. But um, I think, you know, there's promising signs from guys like Jaden and Matt, and um, I think if we can get two of those guys going, it sort of bodes well for us uh, next week. Um, liked what I saw out of Eli. He always comes up with like a really random big play, like a, an and yeah. one or a clutch three or a I don't know what it is with him, but he's just got this knack of hitting a big shot when we need it
1: Yeah, he's gonna obviously play a huge role for you guys coming in finals next week and um, You know without talent is your game plan or anything. Is there a role that you've got for for Eli? maybe that you've you've been thinking about?
0: Um, Not really. I mean, he's he's always been one of our better defenders and he's probably If not our highest IQ player on the team, so um, I think just being the same Eli as he's been all season, be that leader, be that leader on defense, uh, and and come up with a couple of clutch buckets when we need them would be great.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you've got the um, you got the tools there. Um, you know, as you said, you need guys like Matty Bray to have big games, and um, he's due for a big one, and hopefully um, hopefully it goes well for you on Tuesday night. He
0: is due for a big one. All right. Sh- should we try this again? The final <laughs> game of the night. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> the Narnagoon Bulldogs. Uh, they got up against the Arena Bulls in spectacular fashion, seventy-one to thirty-three. Uh, in what was a must-win for the Bulls as well. So, um, you know, I think the, the Bulls were relatively short-handed, but um, yeah, geez, the the Bulldogs were on fire.
1: So although. Your team, DT, won by 28 points. The Bulls still came into this game with hope that they could qualify for finals. Yeah. I think they needed to win by about 33 or 35 points, roughly, um, depending on scores. So, obviously, they needed uh, a lot of things to go their way, but I don't think anyone would have expected them to drop this game by 38 points.
0: I think, you know, you you come into a game knowing that you've got to win big like that. Um, I don't know that it did, but it, it probably could influence the way you open that game in in you know attempting attempting threes or or trying to get a big lead early and sometimes that's yep. sometimes that's not what you need you sort of just need to be winning and then you know break the game open but
1: they've shot 4% from outside one out of 22 so maybe that was the problem
0: it's not very good
1: <laughs> um and i think like from the bulldogs um you know we'll go through the recap and you know with them at the end of this game but I think Carl walks away obviously very excited that they won but also very disappointed because he knows that he's got a, a a finals caliber team here and they've um blown a few opportunities throughout the season to qualify um but just you know the way they finish the season and to you know put up 71 points and you know have a, a full range of scorers you've got all seven guys contributing on the scoreboard and the way they finish the season i think you know the bulldogs will be sort of Regretting dropping a few other games go earlier in the season and sort of hopeful that the season was two or three games longer
0: Yeah, they they lost a lot of close games uh, early in the season You know, we went to overtime with them and, and managed to scrape a win out but they, you know That's one game that they'd be kicking themselves on and I think there was a couple more So uh, they they came out of the stadium going geez I wish the, the season was five games longer be right there. So and yeah. it's, it's hard to disagree with that watching them watching them play over the last few weeks
1: yeah, it's a deep team. Like, right? Kyle's picked a great team. That they, they've got shooters. They've got guys to get to the rack. They've got length. They've got obviously himself as an inside guy, and they've got Jeff Reed, which is one of Super Coach uh, Super League's uh, royalty. He's got. Um, he's had a massive game here. He's had a vintage performance. Twenty-two points, ten rebounds. I think he's had eight assists. He's had a steal and a block. He's done everything. Shot it fifty percent and sixty-three percent from inside. Um, so Jeff was obviously the. Um, the big reason why the Bulldogs were successful.
2: I, I was think saying, um, Carl, Carl actually tried to pick him in Supercoach as well, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was I
1: was looking at Supercoach. before I do apologise.
0: So I, um, I was I was actually chatting with Jeff after the game, and I uh, I did make comment. I said, "I reckon you are the most harassed bloke at Super League." And um, correct, give give me one name that's harassed more than. Than Jeff Reed. I uh, can't. No yeah. way. He, he cops the the brunt of like you know every team's best defender. He gets double teams. He gets boxing ones. Uh, he gets he gets it all. And um, I think he's he's actually had a terrific season um, considering.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the team around him has been um, is really good. It's, it's, as I said, it's a well built team. Um, but they just weren't consistent throughout the season. But just going through this, like this game, the, the box score of this game sort of highlights how, how strong this Bulldogs team were. Um, Dan Bly, six points, six rebounds. Fab Monte, 12 points, four rebounds. Uh, Anna Steele, as said, Jeff, 22, 10, and eight. Carl, two, 13 rebounds. Uh, Mickey Francis, five and one. Reese Ainsworth, eight points, four rebounds. And Riley Saxon, um, new guy in the league. Probably took him a couple of weeks to get going, but he's finished the season really well. He finished this game with 16 points, two rebounds, but shot at
0: 70%. Yeah, you gotta love that. That's um that's good shooting right there. So um yeah, I think like like we say, if the, the season was a little bit longer with these guys, they would have they would have pulled out, I think maybe a finals, uh, a finals berth. But uh, the same could be said for the Bulls, you know, like these guys were like we spoke about just a little bit earlier, uh struck down with injuries throughout the whole season and um they did such a great job of sticking with it and and really hanging in there and they were right there contending for finals so um i i think nothing but a pat on the back for the for the arena bulls considering the the amount of shit they went through with injuries
1: yeah yeah key players at key times um you know i think they were the first team to sort of utilize the fill-in rule as well and Um you know multiple
0: times. I think Stowey was a more permanent player in in the Bulls (laughs) than the Crocs.
1: As um yeah, I think Kyle picked a great team and he's just had their unfortunate luck. Um he's got guy he's got value players. Um, you know, he got I think Michael Blythe as a third rounder, performed much better than that. He got Phil Schofield, I think, in the sixth. And Phil was amazing and performed much better than that. And Gerald Kell's also very deep in um, in the draft as well. He's kind of been the, the Dennis Rodman of that Bulls team. He just sort of gets his 10 or 12 rebounds every night and takes minimal shots, plays his role, good defender, shot blocker. Um, and even Dan Eagleton, I think he was in the third or the fourth round and he's averaged himself almost 14 points a game this season, I think. So Kyle's picked a great team. They just um, didn't have the pieces there when it mattered most.
0: I know. I know. I said this already about some other teams, but this is another team that you know you just wouldn't want to come up against in the finals. They're so, they're so deep and and aggressive on on both ends of the floor. Uh, you know, with Timmy and and Dan and even Michael Blythe playing defense. It's just, um, yeah. It's just a tough team to to go up against. So, um, yeah, I, I think nothing but a pat on the back for those boys. Uh, if you look at this, uh, the stats for this game, Dan Eagleton. I think was probably the standout with 10 points, eight rebounds, five steals. Uh, had, had a terrific game. Uh, Mick Blythe, 10 points, three rebounds. Tim Morgan, 10 points, seven rebounds. Uh, and then you had Phil with just two points. KD didn't get on the scoreboard. And Jared Kells got the got the one free throw. So a bit of a tough night for the Bulls and a, and probably a, a bit of a shitty way to finish the season. But I think... Um, if I'm the if I'm the GM of the Bulls, I, I sort of walk out with with head held high.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a tough gig making the finals, as we said before. Four out of nine make it, and there's um a lot of good teams missing out. So, um, bad luck. Need everything to go right. Unfortunately, it didn't. Um, but yeah, both these teams will um will sort of rue their opportunities because I think they are both structured really well this season and made up of great guys as well. So, um, unfortunately, both these teams will, will will be leaving us now and. Um, yeah, great, great season by both.
0: All right, lads. So this uh, this pretty much brings us to the end of the coverage. But um, we've we've been hinting at it all night. But uh, let's let's talk finals predictions. We've got um, we've got four games. Um, let's go through some some finals predictions.
1: Uh, so the first game um, from the south, we've got the Bloodhounds, uh, first seed versus the Koalas as the fourth seed.
0: Yeah, I think um, <laughs> for me, I, I have to go with the the koalas just because I, I've I've frothed them so much this season. But geez, the bloodhounds, um, you know, we've we've spoke about them as well. But they're so well balanced and long and um, really hard to score on. So I think this could be potentially game of the the round.
2: I'm gonna go with the bloodhounds. I think they're playing at both ends of the floor, which is really important. And, and they've got, you know, three, four, five players that can play at both ends of the floor. So I'm going to go with the Bloodhounds in an upset.
0: Yeah, look... Is, is it an upset if they finished first? Um, or are you just saying the Koalas would be upset when they lose?
2: <laughs> both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hedge my bets. No, I think I think... With the likes of 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 Cooper Lanting, um, you know, putting up big numbers like he did, uh, and like he has you know for majority of the season, I think on paper, the koalas probably have the edge, irrespective of where they finish on the ladder. but um, I, I think the the bloodhounds will will get over the line. Just yeah,
1: on on paper, the depth of this koalas team is 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 amazing. Cooper Lanting twenty three points a game. Shorty White, White, eleven points a game. creeper Rice, ten points a game. Jake Tuplin, nine points a game, and Riley Lanting, nine points a game. So you've got um, five guys that are averaging nine plus points, plus the potential. Sorry, including the potential MVP. So um, yeah, we're very aware of how um, how talented this Koala's team is.
0: All right the um, the final the the final game. Of the Monday night, uh, the
1: next game in the South, the Camels versus the Crocs. Camels, the second seed, versus the Crocs, the third seed.
0: I think uh, for me, I've got to go with the Crocs only because they're in they're in such hot form. Uh, I know. Well, I, I can only imagine that um, the Camels do have the pieces to sort of stop the penetration from the Crocs, but we'll see how it all pans out. I guess.
2: Oh, this is such a tough one to pick. Um, just the, off the back of Mick Stewart, I'm going to have to go with the Camels. I, it's so hard because I reckon the Crocs, if the Crocs were to win, they could go all the way. But I think the Camels just like a couple of points.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a flip of the coin this game, but... I'm probably leaning towards the Crocs as well, just based on form.
0: Yep. Eastern Conference.
1: Eastern Conference, first game of the night. Penguins versus the Reapers. Penguins, first seed, Reapers, sneaking into the fourth spot. Um, Tristan?
2: Uh, well, I mean, if you, if you go off paper, you would go the Penguins by a pretty significant margin, but... It's finals, and if my man DT just says, give me the ball and I will take you to the promised land, then I think that the, the Reapers can put up a really big show. I think DT and Seth just need to say, we're shooting the ball um, and and put up a bunch of points because, you know, you look at even DT's uh, Percentage in shooting, it's it's definitely up there, and he's a you know he's a big game player. Same with Seth. So if they were to do that, I would say it would be close. Uh, but either way, I'm still probably gonna have to go with the Penguins.
1: And if I was gonna say if those two guys don't shoot at say forty percent or more, that's when I think we need um, Matt Bray to have a big game and clean up with six or eight offensive rebounds and and a few putbacks and uh, you know a big double double. So I think, you know, as much as we sort of say DT and Seth, you've got to shoot the ball and, and take the game on, um, I think Matt Bray's got a very important role inside.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. and uh, I think, you know, if, if anyone is there to take more shots on, on Tuesday, I think it's got to be Matt Bray. Um, all season long, he's been very unselfish with the ball and um, I think every week we come on here saying, geez, Matt didn't shoot very much. Um, yeah, I think Tuesday's the night, just... Get up as many as you can. Be aggressive and um, give us a chance. Yeah.
1: Next game: Ducks second seed, Vikings third seed. Uh, I've
0: got to go. I've got to go with the Vikings only. Only based on the you know the the theme that I've been going with all season, and that's um, that's you know how how good and deep the Vikings are. I think um, I think the teams, the two teams, match up very very well. Uh, in that the the ducks have just got the one traditional tall, um, yeah. as do do the Vikings with uh, with Mark Surtees. So um, it's going to be an interesting game, and I think uh, I think this has potential to be a, a real thriller as well.
1: I think you got two very deep teams. Um, you got you know significant contributions from your your fifth, sixth, and seventh player, um, and it could be those sixth and seventh players that make the difference in this game. Um, it's a tough one to pick. I've uh, I've kind of liked the Vikings all season, but um, I've just got a feeling about John O'Bray having a large game as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Ducks.
0: Tristan,
2: Ducks. I've uh, I've kind of counted them out a few times this season, and they've and they've uh, made me look stupid. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run with the Ducks.
0: Well, in in their defense, you are stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, um Ro, have you got anything to add to this podcast before I wrap it up?
1: I just probably Tristan give us an update on the uh, on the registrations.
2: Uh, we're looking at about or oh, just under eighty five percent, whatever that works out to be. yeah um, we've yeah, we've just tipped tipped over a hundred so um, getting very, very, very close to to filling up. yep, I, yep. I did say I think I said in the... the was it one of the chats or the the season eight page that by the end of this week we would be just about full? So, um, that being said, yeah, there's not going to be many spots left. Yeah, there's been um, obviously a few ex-players returning.
1: Um, do you remember some of these these names off the top of your list? I do. Of- I got
2: a, I got a list here: uh, Ash Turner, Brendan Clark, uh, Brady Healy, Ryland Dunn. Nick Spezza, Cam Scott, Hayden Melson, Jamie Marchingo all come back into super league after a season or two off. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. There's some,
1: uh, some quality, quality basketball players and some quality guys in that list.
2: And we've got 14 brand new players.
0: Cool. Cool. Oh, that's cool. All right, lads. Uh, like to thank you both for for joining me. It's been uh, it's been fun. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be back here, of course, same time next week to um to talk about how these four games uh, turned out.
1: Sounds awesome. great. Thanks for your time, boys.
0: Thanks, lads. Let's uh, let's talk some basketball. We had uh, we had the final. The final round of the season. Um, it was one of the bye rounds, so there was a couple of games that were uh, that were buys, obviously. But um, we did have some very, very good games. And the first game on the Monday night was the Baronia Bloodhounds uh, giving the Rangers a bit of a no. touch up.
1: Fifty-two. Wrong round three. I
0: think the wrong round, DT.
1: Shit. <laughs> we got the we got the Blazers and the uh, and the unicorns.
2: <laughs> what a
0: we, real what
2: a real dickhead
0: all right i'm gonna need to
2: good try dickhead you bag my jerseys and you fuck up the podcast
0: <laughs> yeah pretty quick to correct me there bro uh, um, <laughs> tell me tell me where we're at uh, we got- the
1: blazers versus the unicorns 13th of march